All right, Chris, I want to kick things off by taking you through basically what I consider to be a, <laughs> mm, what's the best word for it? I mean, it's, it's a, a spectrum of responses we have received uh, for this particular episode on how different people received Game Over, how they mm-hmm. felt about it afterward. Some of it reflects on the season as a whole. I think it really like runs the gamut. I'm quite surprised at the broad range of interpretations, and I think that says a lot about this season and this episode in particular. Uh, but I'm going to run you through them real quick and in kind of a, a flash order up here. And, um, you know, Can't I'm not going to go too into detail about what any of them say, but they're kind of fun taken out of context, just, just getting the roundup of reactions. So here we All go. Right. You ready? Let's hear it. First one. What the fuck was that? I haven't even finished the cold open. <laughs> I haven't even finished the cold open and already I'm angry with this episode. That was from Michael. Ready? Next one. It was a fun episode, but I've never been so frustrated. They tried so hard to be meta that they got lost in their own logic and it took away from any of the characters' stories development. If they wanted to write metafiction, they should have taken a page from Scream, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, or hell, even Galaxy Quest did better self-commentary. That was from Steven. Mm. Mm. Next one. Well, I think it was okay. I appreciate a fresh take, but I think it was mediocre. Not enthralling, not bad. That was from Bree. Next one. Ugh, I didn't like it at all. I award the episode no points and may God have mercy on its soul. That's from William. (laughs) Next one. That episode is totally about us as fans and how we love to analyze and guess and theorize every decision ever made through the AHS canon. I honestly think it was a trolling episode. That's from Amy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Next one. This episode was an epic trolling of the oftentimes negative AHS fandom. That was from Bryce. Mm. And last one. I loved this episode. I loved all the callbacks to AHS and even things from the cast. One of my oh. favorite parts was when Noah Cyrus's character talked about Sarah Paulson's stinky Roanoke comment. LOL. I found some non-ver- I even found some nonverbal Easter eggs that I wanted to share too. And I'll actually go into those in the later section. But uh, I just wanted to kick wow. things off with wow. you know, showing different people had different reactions to this episode. You know, And they're all right. They're all correct. However you felt about it, it's your truth. 100%. Shall we dive in? Yeah, I can't wait to get into how we feel about it. Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to This American Horror Story, an unofficial podcast about the FX hit show American Horror Story and the new anthology series American Horror Stories. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host. Chris Husted. What's up, everyone? We made it to the, I guess, season finale, episode seven of Stories. How's it going, Tyler? You're absolutely right. It's the end of the game. Game over. Wow. Uh, This was a fast season. I don't know. Game over. yeah, it really blew through. Um, that's one of the things I want to—I want to ask you just about—is like, just the—you know—it seems like we just yesterday started watching Rubber Woman, and here we are finishing up uh, so soon. Well, so to thank be fair, goodness we've only had—I mean, out of seven episodes, half of them were about the same story. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. It felt fast because we only got like four stories. I know. I mean, thank goodness though that we have uh, double feature. Starting mm-hmm. this Wednesday, which of course, if you haven't listened already, we already have our preview pod out for that. And we will be back to recording the night of immediately after the episodes of the actual American Horror Story season. So, you know, if you're bummed that Stories is ending, 
feel good about American Horror Story picking back up real soon right after. If you're bummed about stories ending, you should be very excited for when um, Double Feature picks up because the quality will go up for sure. But you should be just remember how how good um, the traditional American Horror Story season is. It's true. And I also will say that they've already decided to renew American Horror Stories for a second season. And so it'll be back. And, you know, I think they'll, as they always do, I feel like they take, get a sense of what people liked and didn't like and hopefully try to do something different and new. I don't mm-hmm. think we'll be back to Murder House for better or for worse. That's something God, I'm I talking hope about. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we dive into the details behind that, um, First of all, we want to thank everybody for always, uh, you know, as always, reaching out to us and sharing your thoughts and comments and questions uh, at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com. We also really appreciate you interacting kind of in our little American Horror Story community at facebook.com slash thisamericanhorrorstory. And of course, rating and reviewing us on iTunes, always really sincerely appreciate that. Last and final thing, you know, just this season, after 10 seasons of doing this, Chris and I set up a little thing where, you know, all we do is pay our own server costs out of pocket every time. We don't do ads or anything like that. But um, we set up this little donation system called Buy Me a Copy, where if you like the show and you want to contribute to our server costs and you've been listening for a while, we really appreciate it. We've been really humbled by the people who've donated so far this season. So if that's mm-hmm. something you're interested in, just go to buymeacoffee.com slash T-A-H-S. That's all caps, T-A-H-S. And you can buy us one coffee, five bucks, and or however many you're, you're interested in. But not that you need to feel compelled to, but if you do, that's out there. And we sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Getting past the operational stuff and into the episode. Uh, I did think that Emma found some fun little Easter eggs, and I wanted to spin through them real quick with okay. you before we started in on the cold open. Uh, first one is that she pointed out that uh, in Murder House, and we just recently rewatched the real season of AHS Murder House last year, when there was a kind of a, um, you know, no new season of American Horror Story, she mentioned that Mr. Eskandarian, who you'll remember is uh, the rich guy who wants to come in and bulldoze the uh, Mm -hmm. murder house and put up affordable housing. Um, He had planned to turn the murder house's property into affordable housing. So it's kind of ironic that it's turned into these (laughs) super expensive condos at, at the end of the day. I, that's so a that's good point. Cool. I forgot that that was his plan. Yeah, cool. Good, 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 mm-hmm. uh, good eye for that. Yeah, she also pointed out that in the beginning of the episode, there are black rose petals in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and that felt like a callback to Tate painting the rose for violet black. Mm-hmm. Everybody paints that rose black, mm-hmm. so that's yep. a little, a little, little nuggets in there for our yeah. house fans. Mm-hmm. Who picked up another on thing? These? Uh, Emma, who I thought was, there was some really good insights here. Emma she, Roberts. That was, <laughs> maybe so this is awesome emma thank you you're doing yeah, our job really for close, us <laughs> close watching i loved it another thing she noticed and i picked up on this too i'm curious if you did is when we see the mom michelle in this episode uh, starting to watch american horror story mm-hmm. american horror stories is also one of the other titles that's up on the screen there oh cool so i didn't see that it, it, we we fall even more into this very like meta portal mm-hmm. um if we think about that also being a separate property that exists in this this world. Yes, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, she noted that when Barman, uh, when Ben Harmon kept talking about the endless record playing over and over, which obvi- that was kind of his go-to saying this yep. episode, obviously, it reminded her of the song Dominic playing in the common room in Asylum, you know, when that same record spins over and over again. Mm-hmm. I thought that is kind of funny, and it definitely reminded me of that as well. That's a good nod, yeah. Last thing I'll say, too, is that the son's name was Rory, 
uh, we've again seen this name in the American Horror, Horror Story universe before. This was the uh, name of Evan Peters' character in Roanoke. We don't really ever in the end get an explanation of all the reused names other than they're just like funny strikes. Before we dive in, just kind of thinking on it, what, what would you even you know guess was Ryan Murphy and Brad Felchuk's purpose in the name reuse? Um, I, you know, I think little winks maybe to, to the fans just so, Hey, remember this character, we're going to use them again, kind of tie it into American horror story. Um, yeah. I mean, they did, they even did uh, the characters that, um, we meet in the beginning of the cold open. Their names are Connie and Dylan after Connie Britton and Dylan McDermott. So we're, we're, we're even using actors names. Uh, and I think it's just to be fun, kind of playful. I, I, if it turns into a bigger thing, cool. I'm, I'd be impressed to see what happens. Uh, but I think it's just kind of a fun little gag. What do you think? I think you're exactly right. I think it's winks and nods. I think that this whole episode was kind of playing with that idea, you know, with the fact that people like us and people who listen to this podcast love to find little Easter eggs for things mm-hmm. and have theories and all that stuff. They were toying with us to a certain extent. And I think they it was a little bit kind of a culmination of having done that all season. So I think you're absolutely right. It was just kind of a a fun and playful thing they were doing. Uh, Before we begin again, also, I wanted to call out the actors and actresses we saw in this episode, uh, including the returning ones. Uh, That's Dylan McDermott, who I was super excited to see, as I'm sure you were. We'll talk more about him. Jamie Brewer uh, showed up for a little moment. Hell yeah. So that was fun. That was more of a cameo. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got Sierra uh, Sierra McCormick back, who obviously had started Robert Woman this season. Same with Kai Gerber, Paris Jackson. Marin Dungey, who plays that fun uh, therapist that oh yeah keeps <laughs> the annoying she's one. Really, she's trying to work. She's yeah she's she's a you know uh, a working therapist and is still trying to keep things up in the murder house. And then we got a few new actors and actresses in this one. Of course, we got um, Michelle, the mother, who's played by Mercedes Mason, uh, mm-hmm. who's from Fear the Walking Dead, which I know That's, you watched that, didn't you? I watched the first season and then I fell off. But yeah, I remember yeah. her in it, and and it was crazy to see her as a mom in this because she seems I think she's like my age. Well, yeah, mom, yeah. but anyway yeah she's, she's, i thought she was, cool. she was she was yeah she was great um we have two fuller house alums which is kind of funny uh, adam hagenbuk played uh dylan i think it was yep. in the cold open um he's from fuller house he's also from perks of being a wallflower and then john brotherton who played uh michelle's husband is mm. also from fuller house i okay. guess he's dj's love interest and he's also from furious seven and then finally noah cyrus obviously mm-hmm. playing um connie in the in the beginning yeah so we got a whole assortment of kind of new people and i don't even think we were expecting getting noah cyrus i hadn't heard anything about that or maybe i missed it when it was announced i think it was announced maybe like only like a few weeks ago yeah yeah probably so, right anyway. around the time that um sarah paulson made the roanoke comment <laughs> they must have just <laughs> filmed this or something because they worked yeah. that joke in there pretty and that's fairly recent only like a month ago i think yeah hey it feels very relevant <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, now, will you take us through the cold open? Yeah, here we go. This was 13 minutes long. Um, I, I'm not going to hit everything because some of it doesn't matter. But uh, anyway, we open back at the murder house because, um, of course, we have to go there. And we have Connie and her boyfriend, Dylan. Uh, and they are renting the, the place for the night because apparent, the apparent murder house is an Airbnb now. Um and there's a challenge called Escape from Murder House. If they stay there for however amount of time, they win. Um, but they, but it was kind of interesting. They they start name checking um, American Horror Story right off the off the bat. They say that they're fans of the show, 
Uh, and then they mention um, that Murder House is one of the most haunted places uh, in the country, um, along f- closely followed behind. And I wrote these down because I wanted to make sure, see if they had been included in um, other uh, seasons of seasons. American Horror Story. Um, but we have House of Death in Greenwich Village, which is where Mark Twain's ghost lives. So I'm sure you know <laughs> about that more than I do. <laughs> um, uh, along with the family that was there. Uh, and then we have the Franklin Castle in Cleveland. And there was a family that lived there that started dying off one by one. Um, and then we have uh, the LaLaurie Mansion in New Orleans. Of course, we know that reference for, for Coven and uh, Madame Kathy Delphine Bates. LaLaurie, Kathy Bates. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and she was known for torturing and murdering her slaves. Um, and then they also, um, he says, you sh- the, the the taxi driver, the Uber driver, uh, um, says, you sure you want to stay here tonight? I can take you to a hotel. And they said, oh, like the Hotel Cortez? I liked that. That was good. That was a good joke. Which, as we know, is pretty close to Murder House, I think, uh, geographically. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Murder House is an Airbnb. Connie and Dylan are super fans of American Horror Story. And they're going to stay the night. They met at Comic-Con. Uh, he was dressed as Bloody Face's son, which we know is Dylan McDermott's character uh, in season two of Asylum. And she, uh, Connie, was dressed as Sister Jude, uh, which is awesome because also she's one of our favorite characters of all time. Anyway, they walk in with one duffel bag, so I don't know <laughs> what their plan is with that. Um, and they pause to feel the energy and we immediately get a jump scare. Uh, Connie gets a jump scare uh, from Rubber Woman or Rubber Man. I think, because Rubber Woman is not on the premise right now. Um, they go to the kitchen. They find the wine. It tastes like blood. And they find a note that says, follow the uh, rose petals to where Tate consummated his forbidden love. Uh, which I like the setup of this so far. I was like, this is cool. If the ghosts are running a freaking Airbnb and like doing this whole uh, production for it, that's awesome for like fans. It's a good way to make money or pay the the utilities whatever the ghosts are supposed to do or the the uh phone service that the dads of uh scarlet have to pay for so she can text (laughs) back and forth with kaya or with maya or sorry ruby god so many names (laughs) anyway um so they set it up like they're having this experience this mystery they have sex in tate's or violet's old room i believe um and uh, he puts on Tate's sweater, uh, the, uh, the striped green sweater that Tate wore in season one. Um, and they have sex. He is like a two pump chump, I guess. And they start, anyway, they start hearing things um, and they start exploring. They're, they're finding out the mystery. They hear sounds and stuff. They uh, address the Sarah Paulson quote about, how Roanoke was her least favorite season and that and that's been twisted by the way it's really because she had just come out of American Crime Story and had won like an Emmy and had to go back she felt like she was a little burnt out not because she hated Roanoke she just felt like she was returning to something that she didn't need to do at that stage in her career so people who say that Sarah Paulson is talking shit about Roanoke she's not she was just in a different place (laughs) and she got rushed into it uh anyway they love Roanoke, though, which I love that they didn't talk trash about it. Um, so then we get to the uh, the basement, and in the basement, they find some sexy trick-or-treaters uh, that are behind bars, and boom, flashback. We're still in the cold open here now, too, which is crazy. So they show up. Ben Harmon opens the door 
uh, in the flashback on Halloween. And he said, you don't want to come in here, but they do come in um, and they get murdered by, I think it's uh rubber man. And then piggy man is there, which also doesn't make sense. And Ruby is there. So th- those three girls get killed. Um, and then we cut back to the present and uh, they're like, Oh, this must be put um, Connie and Dylan are like, this must be part of the challenge. We got to get them out of here. So they start like, exploring, but Infantata shows up and Infantata slashes at Dylan and they start running away. Uh, Infantata slashes up Connie. They make it up the stairs and bang, uh, Dylan gets shot in the head and we find out it's Addie right there. And she says her line of like, I said, I told you you were going to die in here. You dumb bitch or something, like that. <laughs> which it's so great to see Jamie Brewer. She's such a great actress. Um, and then Connie's running up the stairs trying to escape and she runs into twisty. And I couldn't even make out who, who the Jason Voorhees machete person was supposed to be. Was that supposed to be son of bloody face? I think it's supposed to be. Okay. Bloody Either, face. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it was bloody face or son of bloody face. Who it was supposed okay. to be between the two. Yeah. Anyway. And then it turns out, Boom, it's a video game. <laughs> and the character of Connie dies and says, you died at Murder House. You did not escape. So then we get, <laughs> we're still in it. And then we get a meta discussion. Or do you want to just stop there first before we go into, is there anything in that? Yeah, part? yeah, yeah. Or should we? Okay. Um, we get the, the meta discussion with the with the the son who's playing this video game. His name's Rory. Um, and they talk about why does... Why do people think they want to keep returning to the murder house? Rory says it's because viewers like the tension to see if people are going to make it out or not. Um, but the people always turn out to not be able to deal with their human shit, which they're too selfish or greedy. Uh, they're too mean. They're depressed. They never deal with that. So they never do escape. Um, uh, and the mom says that she made this video game and he's the fan of the show, but she made this video game to be accurate to the, to the, to what the program, the the universe, the whole uh, product is, but also to connect with her son and bond with him. And he says, you could have just watched the show with me, mom. <laughs> <laughs> and he says that she just doesn't get the vibe of the show. And he's going to go stay at his dad's house for a couple of weeks because um, he's, he's done with his mom, who seems to be trying very hard. And then we get our title sequence. So that was 13, over 13 minutes of all of that just to get to the title sequence. And I'm you, I'm going to let you take the floor now and tell me what you thought, but I thought it was just a goddamn mess. <laughs> there were some great moments, and but the whole thing, I'm like, what is going on here? I will say that, and this is something I'm probably, I'll end up teasing a little bit my full take on this episode that I'll dive into deeper at the end. I think that this was a fun concept at the highest level. I le- I actually kind of really enjoy the meta approach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's again. I mean, it's it's a it's a novel horror. I mean, it is kind of a horror trope, but it's it is fun because as long as the show's been on now, well, not this show, but as long as American Horror Story has been on, we do have this community now. People who you know analyze everything interpret every little thing, um, become fans of different seasons, become fans of different characters, those kinds of things. And so I love kind of the idea of toying with that and playing with us. Um, I was very confused at the beginning, which is what I think you're supposed to be to a certain extent. 
yeah. which is kind of what makes it fun. I was going to ask you, you know, Noah Cyrus's legs keep getting like she can't move at different times. Is that are we supposed to interpret that as like lag in the game? The game's still yep. a demo. Yeah, it's a demo. It's in beta. Beta. It's like um, there's glitches that they still needed to fix. Hence, when she's going up the stairs, she kind of like um, um, like buzzes out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what, yeah. I, I didn't realize that until like I was thinking back to this when I was looking over my notes because it you think that it might be a ghost or some physical, and that's kind of a good trick I think that worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked that. Um, I liked the premise of the Airbnb. As they mm-hmm. were going through the whole house, um, I I did get to the stage where we started to see people from other, like when we see Twisty and stuff like that. When it's like, well, something's not quite right here, yeah. and you do sense that immediately. And then we pull back, obviously, after they are brutally murdered, into the video game. I will say at this point, I still thought it was an intriguing idea that there was mm-hmm. a an American Horror Story video game, and I still liked that meta. I mean, it's you know. It's like a, a Russian doll, right? It's like a story within a story within a story a little bit. And I still kind of thought this was a cool concept. Um, I was not, I will say from the get-go for me, there was problems with the relationship between the son and the mom that I feel like, I, I mean, gets, they he's try to flesh asshole. it out here and there. Yeah. yeah. But he's kind of a dick. She's, and I she's mean. like, obviously like her motivation to make a video game just is stupid <laughs> to bond with her son. <laughs> yeah. And she's never watched the show. Like, it, it just, yeah, that, that was all very confused. I mean, she mortgaged the artists... house. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's some stretches here. What do you think about the son's comment about you know the reason people watch is to feel the real tension of whether or not people will be able to leave based on their human flaws? Do you agree? With I think. That? Yeah, I think that, I think that's fairly accurate. To you know, like we did today, and she, the the mom, when she goes to the house and quote unquote buys it. Um, she even acknowledges what her flaw is that she needs to work through when she has her like little mini therapy session with Dr. Harmon and yet still succumbs to her flaw. Um, I think the, the frustrating part is that yes, he's right. That's why you do turn tune in. But when it happens over and over and over again, this all, every single character does not get past it. Then it's, then you're in the repetition hell that all the ghosts are in. And that's yeah, maybe a maybe more meta take on their take they don't realize that they're yeah. actually like critiquing their takes <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna actually offer a counter opinion that may be unpopular mm-hmm. i don't think that's Ooh. why people like murder house more i think the reason that we you know maybe i'm speaking for myself and i will invite our viewers or excuse me our listeners to later weigh in on this as well the reason i like going back to old episodes and seeing old characters and things like that is because i like the old characters I like to see Dylan McDermott playing Ben Harmon. You know, I like mm-hmm. to see That's Tate or Violet or um, all the characters back in the house. I like to see, yeah. I like the environment, the setting of the house. The house is so creepy and it's had this since the beginning of season one, these amazing shots where like the camera comes swirling down until it lands on this giant sinister mansion. You know what I mean? I like the vibe of the house. It's Maybe I'm superficial. Obviously, you know, I think it's a big part of the story to see people deal with their human flaws. And frankly, that was, as we've already said, that's kind of been the theme throughout this entire season is that the real horror is people's human flaws more so than whatever kind of demonic thing or murderer or whatever is is pursuing them. Uh, But in terms of like, for me, when it comes to American Horror Story and sometimes, honestly, when it comes to sequels and things like that, a lot of times it's just revisiting characters and settings and stuff that we really love. 
you know i mean that that's spot on actually i i agree and the reason why we you know the the those flaws of the of our initial characters were interesting and that they it was much more fleshed out so we were able to connect with them and we liked them think about traditional sequels and 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 um trilogies or or even like friday the 13th series franchises what makes them special is um the location camp crystal lake where you're gonna go um and then yes there's a new crop of kids that are uh, pushed out there every year um but the location is part of it too so yes we have the good characters that we want to return and visit with so think of like jurassic park like jurassic park love it want to go there but i don't need to see a new group of people go every time i want to go spend time with um Dr. Alan Grant and Doc, and Ellie, Dr. Sadler and Jeff Goldblum and and you know those people are, are the people I want to want to go back there with, not the new people. Um, or like Scream, like I think obviously the whole meta take, the self awareness, Scream did masterfully, and this opening sequence started to kind of not it wasn't as good as Scream, but it, it, it like you like you it, I was excited to to revisit this location and kind of to be there with, you know, a different take on it. But then I knew Dr. Herman would be there. So it was kind of, I was excited about the direction it was going to go. Mm -hmm. Um, In Scream, they, in that whole series, you know, the best ones are when they return to Woodsboro, where the initial Scream takes place and Scream 4 takes place. And Scream 4 does a great story within the story within the story opening sequence as well. I think the but we're always going back with our main characters and we're back with them at this new stage of their life. The thing about that's frustrating about murder houses and we learn in this episode is those characters have like they've essentially devolved. They they've, like at the end of murder house. Yeah, there's not a happy, happy ending because they're dead. Spoiler. But they're still like decorating the Christmas tree. Like they've come to some sense of uh, of an afterlife that they're going to deal with. But the, then it's all undone by this episode where everyone's miserable and they're in perpetuity of repetition. It, anyway. Yeah. So I, I, anyway, that's a long winded way to say, I agree with you. It's our characters and our, in our, in our setting, our, our location that draws us back to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Next, we move into the credit sequence, which is this kind of interesting video game type take. Um, you know, and then we learn, of course, that this episode was written by Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk. It was directed by Liz Friedlander, who has directed American Horror Story before. She directed the episode Lady in White in 1984. Mm-hmm. That was uh, a in, good one. In, in that season. Mm-hmm. What did you think of kind of the video game uh, I th- credit sequence? <laughs> I feel like Ryan Murphy has not played a video game before and doesn't, or, or, or Brad, and really understand. Um, so the game itself, it was cool. I love video games. I do play games. Um, I was getting, uh, I mean, it's a first person type of a game that they're doing, but the whole concept of going around, uh, and finding tools and stuff, it was kind of very video or, um, computer game esque, which was cool. Um, it, it was fun. I liked it. I mean, again, these are probably my favorite parts about the episodes is, is the opening sequences. Um, and you do get to see a twisty in there and a rubber rubber man in there in, in the video game. I, it was cool. And they also had some sound effects that come along in video games, which I liked. What did you think? I came out of this thinking, man, I really want to play an American Horror Story video game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not the one that this lady develops, but... 
<laughs> yeah, that, oh, that's true. I the one the final game that's developed is definitely not the American Horror Story game I want to play. But yeah. I like the idea of kind of the concept from the credit sequence. So let's dig a little bit more into the meat of this episode. You know, the mom, Michelle, after the credit sequence ends, is kind of in this state of just sadness because she obviously did this big old endeavor that's cost a bunch of money that was really an attempt to connect with her kid. And we kind of end up learning about her that she has this obsessiveness about different things that is always, I mean, that's what kept her distant from her husband. That's what kept her distant from her son. All these different kind of obsessions. But to your point, it is kind of like, how did she even figure out how to create anything in the American Horror Story video games without having watched the episodes? It's very confusing to me. Did she just read the American Horror Story wiki pages? She, I don't think she understands how like intellectual property works either. Like she, you can't just like do a video game on a, on a franchise like American Horror Story. Because she's like, oh, I'll just do True Blood or something normal. Like you can't do that either probably unless you have the rights to that. So anyway, yeah. it's... It's kind of lazy. And again, not, not that we have to have this like spelled out for us, but the whole premise is there's not a lot of good buy-in for, for credibility on like why she needs to be where she, why she did what she's doing for video games. It does, she just doesn't understand her business. <laughs> she also must have a pretty epic skill set to be able to do this all by herself to come up with the plot of the game, code the game, design the game, do all these different elements of it. Well, so question for you like we don't really see like the only time we see the video game being played is when it's like actors like in the beginning of this or we see the title sequence so which the title sequence reminds me of kind of like a bioshock if you ever played that um video game but like or bioshock infinite it's Mm -hmm. amazing that amazing amazing game um but like you know who we don't know what it looks like we don't know what it looks like so yeah. We don't know who what character you're playing either. Um, I'm I'm being very sure. negative. I'm sorry, but like also like the part where they have sex is that part of the game? Like like <laughs> when he like pumps twice and she's like makes a joke. Like is that part of the video game that she has her son playing or her teenager playing? <laughs> it's <laughs> good point. That's a good point. <laughs> I'm confused. It's just confusing. Yeah, it could I'm be. Like, what's like they want to work in their meta jokes, man. but but then they don't. Is it part of the video game anyway? Yeah. You know, she she deep dive starts deep diving into qualitative research at this point. You know, she starts actually watching every season from the beginning, beginning, which makes a lot of sense if she's going to be developing a game after it. And, you know, we see her cry, we see her taking notes. This felt all to me maybe a little bit self-indulgent from the imagine, you know, Ryan Murphy and Brad Felchuk writing this. I mean, also but also kind of funny at the same time, so I don't fault mm-hmm. them for it. Um I, I still appreciated it, but she gets to the point where she's like, "Now I need to go." And by the murder house to try to, I guess, it, I don't know. Does she exactly to get state the what vibe. her purpose is here? Yeah. She's just trying to get the vibe. She's just trying to get the vibe. I don't oh, know that God. she needed to buy the house to get the vibe. No. Considering it was probably just no. sitting there. Um, but she gets a hell of a deal on it. $100,000 from this realtor, Tim. Who, if we'll, we'll remember that poor Marcy was uh, killed by Rudolph and Natasha mm-hmm. in the Hotel Cortez. So she's not around anymore. So Tim's the one who has the new bum job of having to show the murder house. But uh, yeah, he gets her a deal. So she gets it for quite cheap. Um, and, you know, tries to, you know, use... To a certain extent, she says she's doing this for research. We can also already, like, 
Maybe she's planning to use it to some way get her son back. You know what I mean? She tells she tells him for now that she's going to a horror convention to talk to the writers of American Horror Story. But maybe maybe she's planning to dress it all up and be like, "Hey, look, I bought the murder house." Um, well, I, I don't know because I think at one point she says she said she would buy it for a hundred thousand dollars, but it was never going to go through the deal because she doesn't have that money. True, that's that's true. She says she doesn't have the money, so maybe I, it's a, you know maybe it was just to be able to spend some time there and. But she doesn't seem to actually believe in the spirits who live there. So she just wanted to see, get a sense of it. This is where some of the, you know, some of the meta-ness gets a little bit confusing about what really happened. Because we're at a stage now where we know murders really did happen at the murder house, right? Mm -hmm. But the show American Horror Story, we also know, exists in the universe. So the question is, is it supposed to be some kind of documentary series about what really happened at Murder House? Or is it supposed to be a fictional interpretation of the murders that happened in the past? Uh, you know, it, it's the son seems to insinuate it's fictional because he says, mm-hmm. you know, you don't really get the vibe of the show and that kind of thing. But it's it makes it a little bit more. I don't know. It makes it a lot darker when you think about in this universe, these murders really happened. But basically, there's a show that's satirizing them. It makes mm-hmm. it, it kind of fucked up, if you ask me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, this. Yeah, it gets a little convoluted Mm -hmm. one of the things we don't really learn about is why the mother has you know michelle has this chip on her shoulder this fatal flaw that is her obsession and you know somebody said this in one of our uh emails that we got that probably this episode would have been better served as two episodes than breaking rubber woman into two and i think that's a fair critique because i think one of the things that i got the sense of watching this is we don't get enough i mean michelle Michelle needs more backstory to her motivations and kind of things because when it's the way it's portrayed a little bit is it just, she just seems very impulsive and it makes her seem stupid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I think in a way that I don't think is fair to the actress or fair to the character. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I agree. Mm-hmm. But you know, she happens to go back on Halloween, obviously. So as we know, it's devil's night. And everybody's able to wander the earth. And so she sees everybody leaving. Paris Jackson is desperate for some dick. I think she says, yeah, she's going um, to a club. Yeah, <laughs> that was kind of a funny line. But was again, a funny we, saw Pig, we see Piggy Man walking out on Halloween. I'm like, dude, you're not there. Yeah, that one, they've just kind of incorporated Piggy Man into the murder house mythology, even though, as far as we know, that character was like died in Chicago or something, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, he was in the guy's apartment. Um, but it, but, but not I, even real. But not even really. Remember, it yeah, ended up true. being killed by or, or just or, a robber. Yeah, a yeah, robbery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just had I, visions of Piggy Man. That, yeah, um, but we do see the pest control guy. Uh, I know the one who died under the suit. house finding Violet. Yeah, yeah I like I like that, that cool. too. So that also was an easy one. easy person to book because you didn't have to hire an actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Um, and our nurse. And of, our, yeah, and then of course yeah. we really quickly jump back into Ruby and Scarlet both being there. Ugh. So this is this is where I'm going to start and say this was my fatal flaw. This episode was mm-hmm. I had, and I'll talk about this more at the end. I didn't really feel coming out of Rubber Woman like I that story was, you know, the love story, a of cliffhanger our time. for me. Yeah. Well, I didn't even feel like they, I felt like it kind of got tied up. I didn't feel it like did. it needed. It, I don't feel like it needed it additional narrative, and so for me. What I mean, all this extra energy we ended up spending on Ruby and Scarlet really took away from our opportunity to explore this meta narrative more, to do more with Dylan McDermott and, you know, 
do more ben, of a video game. Show us the yeah, game ben, more. Ben, ben Harmon. I, I wanted more Ben Harmon. I could have done, you know, a more video game, more background on the mom. Um, all this stuff I feel like was, unfortunately to me, a little bit of a disservice to all of them to overfocus on on Ruby and Scarlet. Mm-hmm. But it's an interesting night for her to be going to, for Michelle to be going through the house for the first time because she's a little bit safer than normal because no one's there at the moment, right? So she's kind of mm-hmm. wandering and, and it's all very... She's wandering, well, looking for ghosts. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I also thought it was kind of strange to me that like Ruby only gets to leave the murder house one night a year on Halloween. I know. Like at very limited times. So why would they spend it in the bathtub Taking when... A bath. the, in theory, Scarlet could come back at any point, come into the house, and they could do that. Totally agree with you. I, that did not make sense to me. Mm-hmm. We get some more background on Scarlet. You know, we find out she took a crappy job, watches Family Feud all day. My thought was like, wasn't the whole point of her not staying in the house was for her to go to college and like have a life outside? We later learned that she became a, a famous assassin, or either that, or she was just <laughs> using that to like freak out Tim. But we know she has a bunch of money because she's able to buy a million dollar condo. Mm-hmm. But I have to say that I don't really get her motivation at this point not to just die in the house, you know, uh, or later when the house is burning down. It's like, what do you you act like this is the only thing to live for? Your dads are both here. Um, I think it's supposed to be sweet. You know, the vibe between them in the bathtub and this whole conversation is this this romance is supposed to be very sweet. But I, I don't know. It has too many logical holes in my opinion to really come across as endearing or something i really care about yeah this is kind of how um glee started um behaving in its later seasons where we're like oh we need some character to do this let's do these two characters and make them do that so we can get this ending of a of a of our story um Mm -hmm. so yeah motivations are changed or retconned or like things are just explained away instead of seeing things unfold organically, like how traditionally a good written, uh, a well-written story would be. And unfortunately I, they would decided to dig up Scarlet and Ruby, which I agree had a kind of a decent resolution uh, at the end of rubber woman part two to bring them back up. And was it like, I don't know, this was supposed to have been a year or two after that whole, after rubber woman part two ended um, to dig this up and have them explain away why they're doing what they're doing is just not good. And it does not help. I know, her, and I want to give her a lot of, you know, energy, support to do, to succeed, but it does not help um, with um, Kaya Gerber uh, as an actress, unfortunately. She's looks the part fantastically, and she'll probably get there, um, but. You know, I, 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 some stronger acting could sell me a little more on this, on this relationship and where it's at possibly and why they're doing it. But I just don't get it. Yeah, Sorry. I feel you. Not long after that, we do get some stronger acting when Michelle gets a red ball rolled into her and she stumbles into a room where Dylan McDermott is crying. For me, this was one of my, like uh, one of the scenes a, I like. Yeah, well, yeah. and then of course he makes a joke about masturbating and crying again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to it. admit I chuckled thing. at that again. <laughs> yeah. It was it's so obviously forced though to say I mean I again I chuckled too. I was like uh, like alright I did a but I was like uh and then it was followed by an eye roll. Like, come on, we, we we can write some more jokes. We don't have to anyway, keep going. Yeah. I'm stalling it. Well we get a, no no, it's good. We get a little bit more background on kind of where he's been at since um 
you know, in, in, since last time we've, we've seen him in an American Horror Story. And he's in kind of a dark place, it seems like. This world of repetition, you know, he cheated on um, Vivian again with Hayden, it sounds like. And so, you know, they're once again not talking. Uh, and he says that the other therapist um, tells him all the time that it's all his fault. So, I, you know, we know that that other therapist is just doing some real work there. So that was kind of fun. I like that. Because because Michelle's even like it sounds like you're blaming all the women in your life. <laughs> and it's like he, he's exactly doing that. Yes, you, you know the other thing I thought was though. yeah the other thing I thought was funny here is we got a little bit of that old badass Ben Harmon with the cigarette. Remember mm-hmm. that you know we had that episode of Murder House where he like takes he takes Tate to I think it's on Halloween during the day he takes Tate out to like a pumpkin patch or something like that where there's like a food truck or something yeah. and he's like wearing his leather jacket and he's smoking and he's like telling him that like he, he could pursue all sorts of things but not to pursue Violet basically I think yeah. is what he's telling him at that yeah. point in time that was um, cool. but, he, mm-hmm, but he's, he's back to this like no fucks given mm-hmm. Ben Harmon mm-hmm. and you know they have this whole back and forth where you know I would say Ben does some real psychiatry work on here he says stuff like you like being hungry more than you like being fed which I think is supposed to be some good insight into a character, although we don't know why that's the case, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. We just say it out loud a few times and then acknowledge that she knows that's not, that she's aware that that's what she is and yet still makes the same choice, mm-hmm. which is to die in the house. Right. And she tries to get some kind of idea of the purpose behind the house. And basically he just says at this point, it's boring. It's dull. It's, it's an you endless know, it's- dull merry-go-round. It's the banality of evil, you know? She thinks mm-hmm. there's you're just stuck there on this never-ending merry-go-round where you Which, die and come back and die again. That would be really cool to explore that a bit more with, you know, and how that tortures your mind, even if you're a ghost. And, like, going that direction would have been cool because they all talk about how this is this endless repetition. Um, and there are TV shows that have, like, time loops where, uh, or movies that do time loops and how people kind of slowly go insane. Um, that th- so this would be awesome to explore in the episode, but no, <laughs> we just say it out loud, right? So then she gets a counterpoint basically when she talks to Scarlet and Ruby, who like kind of the endless nothing filled with pain. At least Ruby certainly does because she's the one who's actually stuck there. Um, so they keep killing new people in order to keep it interesting. Of course, at which point they kill Michelle, um, even though Ben kind of tries to save her, but he gets stabbed immediately afterward too. So you know. He's not fully a bad guy. And then they kind of have that scene where they make out through the rubber suit, which I said was kind of creepy, kind of gross. Yeah, it was a little weird. It was a weird <laughs> cut and ch- transition to the next scene. It was odd, but yeah. Yeah. Well, jump forward one year to Halloween where her son is pissed when she so finally mean. is able to see him. After a year, you'd think his first reaction, like especially realizing that his mom, like knowing his mom really did She's die. She's dead. Would be like, holy shit! I finally get to see my mom again. Like, bummer that you did that, but oh my god! But no, he's he's a real ass. Yeah, he's like he blames her. He said you were gone a long time. Like we didn't even find your body for three days. Or like, dude, oh my god! Like people are so, like Scarlet was really mean to her dads too. Like, like they died. It was just I don't know. I'm just these these children. Is this what Ryan Murphy thinks his his children are gonna grow up and be like? God, I hope <laughs> yeah. not. Yeah, I was not a fan of Rory. I don't feel like I, you know, maybe we needed more background interaction, flashbacks between him and Michelle or something like that to like lead to like just how spurned he really felt. But I don't ever feel like his 
anger toward her feels earned. And so he just ends up coming yeah. off as a huge asshole. Yes, agreed. Mm-hmm. And she says, he's, she says like, or he says like fire, this is where he brings up fire can purify the souls possibly and like allow people to cross over to wherever that is. Um, and she's like, would you do that? And he's like, no. <laughs> of course we know that he does go to burn it down, but God, what a prick. I know. Mm-hmm. I hate uh, that kid. Yeah. And then he shows up, of course, to burn the house down. And it, mm-hmm. that also seems like a pretty quick, like one to a hundred, like jumping yeah. all the way to arson. What, what change in the middle of the day too. <laughs> yeah. And like, it, it, he doesn't even take advantage of the fact that his mom's alive in the first place. So like, why does it matter if murder house isn't around anymore? It's, it doesn't make his sense. motivations. His motivations are, lim- are like, we don't get enough background into them, which is bothersome, but he comes back. He decides he's going to burn the house down. Um, and this is when, you know, Ruby like tries to run outside the house to stop him as the mother's looking out the window. We get this dramatic scene where as a team, they subdue Ruby because no one else wants to be trapped there any longer. I kind of liked that with like Dylan McDermott working in concert with Paris Jackson and that whole crew of girls. And that crew. I agree. That was cool. That was cool. Mm -hmm. But as she's bleeding out, she texts Scarlett just in time to turn around and race back. And... It doesn't get there, you know? We have this line, guess you figured out a way to end the video game, I think Scarlett says to Rory, maybe? No, who says that line? Um, maybe Rory says it to the... I wrote it down in here, but that doesn't make sense that Scarlett would say it. But anyway... No, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, I think the son says it to Michelle when we get the... when we Again, after the, the house... So it burns down, and it within that, it's... Ruby says, Scarlet, come die with me. Like, yes, we yes. So this is the big, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, but she chooses not to, um, which is smart. <laughs> um, it is, but at the same time, down. but at the same time, why does she choose not to? We don't get the sense that she has anything else really to live for outside of Ruby. Yeah. I mean, again, I guess it's maybe, maybe the fact that there's, we don't know what's happening to the spirits. If I'm going to be generous, I would say we don't know what's going to happen to the spirits after the house burns down. So maybe even if she dies with Ruby, the fact that there's potentially nothingness is disturbing to her. So that's why she doesn't want to go through with it. Yeah. That, that makes uh, but then, sense. But then this is what later. drove me crazy too. Well, before that even, Rory oh. mouths to Michelle, I love you. And oh. I wrote like, I, I wrote like for real. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> and, you know, he clearly just gets away with arson as they like watch on the news as the murder house burns down later that night so Ugh. now let's jump ahead three more years <laughs> scarlet has shown a condo by tim mm-hmm. um that is apparently built on the grounds where the murder house was she did, she asked him if like he reveals that people died there but wouldn't they know at this point the murder house was famous enough to be shown on tv when it burned down i feel like if anyone did a little bit of research they would know that this was yes. built on the, the grounds of the murder house um, but this is where, of course, like I said, we find out that Scarlett has a whole bunch of money. She's able to pay, pay for it with a million dollars cash and reveals that she was an assassin for hire. Um, a whole episode about her being an assassin for hire might have been fun. Maybe that would have been an alternative version that Dude, would have been enjoyable. The end of end of part two when she goes and takes out um, Ruby's dad the uncle. Uh, or uncle. The uncle. Sorry. No, yeah. uncle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and she's just slicked hair like that. 
like Kill Bill style. Like she was, I was ready for that. And she's the sad sack in this episode up until this part, which comes back and looks pretty freaking cool again. Well, and this is my thought too: is if she had this much money before, which we figure she did, why didn't she buy the house previously? Like, I th- yeah. we're supposed to get the sense, I think, that she was assassin for hire during that span of time. She was still returning to the murder house to see Ruby. So she could have mm-hmm. just bought that house for $100,000 and saved yeah. it in perpetuity, you know? Yeah. Or maybe she, yeah. I mean, that's, I don't know. Well, her, her, her dad's owned it. Wouldn't she inherit it after they died? Yeah, I guess we don't know who, who I, it sounds like the bank owns it, right? And the bank is the one who's trying to sell it for $100,000. So That's right, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But we have a musical interlude here. I think they were trying to, it's a Noah Cyrus song, thanks to Bree for pointing this out. Yes. So I think they were trying to work a Noah Cyrus song in here. It does feel, it felt a little like out of place to me at this point in time, because we don't have any other music like this. You know, we get this sad scene of her walking through the halls of the building and getting all of her things out. She takes a bath just like they used to, and she calls for Ruby, but there's no one there. She's finally ready to be with her forever, but it's too late at that point. We don't really understand why she didn't take her up on it earlier, uh, but not really because she's still around and appears in the bed next to Scarlet, and it's we learn that they get to choose whether or not they stay or move on, so I guess she gets to stay in the property grounds for eternity. Um you know, true love never dies. It's there to stay. So now they have the perfect situation where Ruby will just always be there in this swanky uh, condo. Then we back up and it's a video game again that the mom has made. And she actually um, captures the game better this time, at least in Rory's opinion. And he apparently loves her in this world and is proud of her. And, you know, I had questions like, is this an alternate universe? Um <laughs> You know, what is going on here? Does the Inventata somehow live in her house in this other universe when we see the red ball roll at or, the end? Or Beauregard. Um, he's the one oh. who played with the ball. Oh, I yeah. Thought. Sorry, Be- Beauregard has the ball, not yeah. the Inventata. That's right. Thank you. Now, I, at the, yeah, at this point, you know, after the whole like sentimental ending, and then, oh, it turns out that was the video game. Again, what, so is he playing Scarlet as a character? Was Scarlet and. Uh, Ruby, were they, was Rubber Woman Part 1 and Part 2 also part of the video game? Like, and that never really happened in the, like, I'm, it was so confused. And I, I like you said, on the beginning, at the beginning of this episode, our episode, it does feel like that's intentional because it's, no, we don't know what's real, what was the game, and, you know, any of that business. But that's a problem for me that some of it isn't defined. Because <laughs> uh, now yeah. I don't care about it at all, and I just want it out of my system. Uh, unfortunately um like which version was the kid like was the ending part of like the meta meta video game i i'm so just confused about what we just watched yeah Um, and not in a good way so i'm gonna say that you know we we had a couple of people who said okay this this episode felt like ryan murphy and brad falchuk trolling their fans basically Mm -hmm. by doing this whole meta meta metaverse and you know, you could argue that well, it doesn't all make logically sense because they're make, you know maybe they're trolling us who are trying to over decipher the show or something like that. But I don't know. At the same time, isn't that kind of like a jerk thing to do to your best fans who like really enjoy the show and try to like draw the lines between them and look for the patterns and like yeah. I, I mean, if <laughs> if the way to troll your fans is just to make a nonsensical episode, I, I think that's kind of cruel a little bit in my opinion. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? It is. It is. I don't like it. If that's if that's really what happened here, um, I, I thought some of this could be fan service as jokes, like we're all in this together, and people just who watch um, American Horror Story or American Horror Stories just don't get it. But this episode didn't hit any of like the campy fun tones of it. It just didn't. It felt kind of mean and not and. Li- and I don't even know if it was lazy or if it's intentional, then that is really mean. <laughs> that is yeah. really trolling. I, I hope that they're kinder to the fans than, 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 than that. Um, I, 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 I don't, I want this taste out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the horror of this episode is that we can't figure it out. <laughs> yeah, really. We're, yeah. I, one, this is real quick mention, um, that, that really annoys me about Michelle's death in this, the mom's death is after she runs into uh, Ruby and Scarlet again. Um, they're like, Oh yeah, sorry for killing you. And she's like, yeah, it was my fault. You just held the knife. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, all these people are like, you know, sorry, sorry for killing you. And people go, meh. Like I would be so <laughs> upset. Most people would be so upset. It's so frustrating. That nobody has a normal reaction in this world. Ugh. I know. Anyway, I, I know. I've I feel awful for hating this episode so much. Well, so how does that translate to? Let, let me hear your recap and your rating then. What what should we use as our rating system? Um, video game somethings. Um, blood, bloody fireworks at the end. Bloody, that we're going uh, on. yeah, yeah. I, I did enjoy the bloody fireworks effect. Yeah. Okay. Let's do bloody yeah. fireworks. Also, if the game ended that way, I'd be like, "This game sucks. I don't like this video <laughs> game." Um, I think I've said pretty much. I've talked a lot about it. I didn't really like this episode. I think it leaves us in a confusing place and not a fun, confusing place where you get to like theorize and think. It's more frustration. Um, it was great to see uh, Ben Harmon come back, uh, even though he was, you know, in a totally different place than he was last time we saw him. Um, I don't need to go back to Murder House this many times in a completely different show. The whole point of the anthology series is, I thought, is to have a different type of a story each episode. Uh, maybe they do all connect in some way, but they're all different stories. Not three episodes on one story and then four episodes uh, that are actual individual uh, standalones. So I find that frustrating. I was going into this thinking that the mission was one thing and then turned out to be another thing. I'm okay to visit the murder house if it's a new story, but these are kind of the same stories that just keep getting cycled through. I find that frustrating. Um, like you, if we're going to go back there, I do kind of want to check in with our characters that we already do know and like. Um, and we didn't really get a lot of that. Um, I give this episode... This might be my lowest score I've ever given. Um two bloody fireworks out of five and two that's generous that's generous yeah as you so said a lot I of feel ideas as you said i feel like we've covered a lot of territory as we discussed it so i'm not going to rehash everything but i will say you know i felt this a concept it, this had a lot of potential and maybe that's why i i'm so bummed how, like at the finish of it is because i i actually like the madness aspect of it i like that mm-hmm. as a as a concept i don't mind revisiting murder house in that context you know i think that for me the fatal flaw of this episode was spending too much time with scarlet and ruby which was a storyline obviously introduced already in this season that felt very buttoned up didn't feel like it needed this epilogue 
uh, extended epilogue that prevented us from getting really crucial, in my mind, background information on the you know Michelle and on her relationship with Rory. Getting more Dylan McDermott as Ben Harmon, which is a character we really enjoy. Getting just more background on the metaverse. You know what is happening with you know this if if each of these worlds is shelled within one another. You know if the final one we land on is the real one in which the video game is completed. You know what what is real in that world? Did the house get burned down? It seems like no, because Michelle's still alive and Rory's still alive. So basically it's like at some point Michelle salvaged her relationship with Rory. Um, we don't really know like when it, the video game picked back up. And I also have to say that if, you know, Rory loves this video game at the end and says, you finally got it right. When the final scene is, I guess, Ruby and Scarlet finding eternal happiness and, you know, that's a happy ending and all, but I don't know that I would say whatsoever, as someone who's been an American Horror Story fan for 10 seasons, that, that that feels like the most true thing to American Horror Story. You know, that's his whole complaint about the original video game is like, you don't get the show at all. And like, tonally, it doesn't, I don't know, to me, tonally, it doesn't feel at all like the show. So I think that was kind of a bummer to me. And, you know, there might be, I know there was folks who enjoyed this episode. I think that, it, like I said, it had a lot of potential, but the logic just didn't click and if that was unintentional that i mean that just kind of is a bummer and if it was intentional to be like mean to people who wanted the logic to make sense that just feels really self-indulgent to me from the perspective mm -hmm. of ryan murphy and brad falchuk in a way that's kind of mean to the fans who really enjoy watching the show and connecting the dots you know um not every show has a community as connected as this one that posts theories on reddit and wants to get together mm -hmm. and talk about it all the time so I don't know. I, 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 it's almost like, you know, I think I'm taking it personally a little bit to a certain extent. So I'm, I'm kind right. of bummed about that. Um, so this obviously capped off the series, you know, seven episode series of American Horror Stories. I don't know about you, but it felt to me like seven episodes was probably not enough. It, it would have been nice to get 10. I, you know, there's probably a reason that it was so short. I would have liked to have seen additional episodes that weren't in the murder house, to your point. Like we could have done three more and come up with little other story concepts. I think we had a lot of episodes in the season that were like were pretty great. There was highs and there was lows. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Um, well, one last thought I just had. Is oh, I didn't get my score. Sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah. I didn't get my score. Yeah. I'm going to give it two and a half bloody fireworks for a four and a half bloody <laughs> fireworks out of ten. So that's not great. Um, which we which we knew. Uh, again, it doesn't tarnish the brand. We love it. Uh, so at the end when uh, my because um, it's hard because there's one an actress named Kaya and then Paris Jackson plays a character named Maya and um, then Sierra plays it's anyway Scarlet and Ruby when they're in bed together I believe um, is it Ruby explains that some of us they chose to go on right and and that could be heaven it could be hell uh, some of uh, she remained and but they were all released and there's some sort of a question like maybe they're out in the world too. Uh, and I, th you could interpret the ending of when the video game finishes uh, that maybe it actually did all happen and that Michelle learned the secrets of the house because she became a part of it and was released when it was burned down. And then she got to walk the world or walk the earth again and then finished developing the game and brought Beauregard with her. <laughs> <laughs> who is playing with the ball in their apartment now or their house. Yeah, true. Maybe, 
I don't know. That's yeah. That's that's, that's I, a more generous interpretation, and you know, <laughs> may, maybe so. Um, yeah, that's that's anyway. a possibility. The other thing I will say is, uh, it's like, I also think that it was. I th- I have to imagine that spiritually, this was also Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk saying, "We're not going to go back to Murder House again." Right? I think that I that the house burning down in the episode, you know, whether or not that actually happened in whatever universe we end in, uh, I think it has to be interpreted as them saying goodbye to, you know, this iconic setting that we've now revisited. One, two, three, four. This is the fourth time now? Is that correct? Because we did it in Apocalypse and then we... And Rubber did, Woman. And then and then Rubber Woman. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Murder House, Apocalypse, and then Rubber Woman, part one and two, and then... Game over. Uh, game over, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. So that's where I land on it. What did you think of the season as a whole? Um, I, I kind of mentioned it earlier. If we're going to do an anthology, I would prefer that we stick to what an anthology actually is, which is different things, not something that's a three-parter. Um, I did like some of these um, episodes. I thought they were fun. I'm so glad that we had this. It, it feels like a great warm-up to American Horror Story. So I like that. Um, I do have a ranking of the order I think that the my favorite to least favorite uh, episodes are in this season. Would you like me to give you those? I would, and then I'll do mine. Yes. Okay. Uh, number one for me was Ball, which was the one with Billy Lord. Number two, Drive-In. Number three, Feral. Number four, The Naughty List. Number five, Rubber Woman Part One. Number six, Rubber Woman Part Two. And number seven, Game Over. <laughs> nice. Um, I will say Ball was my favorite by far. And then Drive In, Feral, and Naughty List, depending on what mood I'm in, I could I could swap those around depending. Um, but, I, but I did like them. They were fun. I, and I going back, I would give them probably higher scores now that I sat with the entire season. Um, what would your order be? Well, a little different than yours, and I'll go into it in a second, although the bottom is about what you'd expect it to be. Uh, <laughs> the first thing I will say is that I also really enjoyed this format. I think it was fun. I think it's, you know, I think it was a, there's there's other shows that have done this in interesting ways. You know, Twilight Zone recently got rebooted, and originally that was a show that did similar things. Uh, I love that, like, a little bit of horror as an anthology it always seems a lot of fun. I do feel like... Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a little bit of fine tuning as we go into season two where we get, you know, uh, a sense for, you know, the length of these episodes and how the script can fully embody the story in kind of this, you know, compact period of time where we only have one episode to tell the whole story. I will also say that, you know, as I think about ranking these and thinking about kind of the disparate differences between the highs of the season, and the lows of the season. There's there's some talk that like well you know people who are critical of American Horror Story ever or of American Horror Stories just don't get you know what Ryan or, or, you know don't get what Ryan Murphy's trying to do or you have to be kind of bought into what American Horror Story is and I think that between you and I I think we totally are I think we understand that mm-hmm. you know and I think that's for like for me for instance that's why Coven keeps jumping in my memory as a season that I love so much and so does Hotel is they really do embody so much of that kind of quirky. Um, feeling that kind of over the topness that that Brian Murphy brings to shows and things like that. That said, I think that as fans, we have to be, I mean, you know, we're 
we all talk about being faux critics all the time. And like, you know, obviously this is just something we do for fun, but you're going to have episodes that you think are more well done and ones that are less well done and same with seasons. You know what I mean? And I think it's a cop out to say if the logic doesn't make sense in an episode or a story doesn't hold up that, well, you know, it's, it's just good because it's in a Ryan Murphy product and you you just have to accept it for it for what it is at face value. You know, I think mm-hmm. that there's, as the season showed, there was episodes that I thought were really well done and really well executed and others that fell a little bit flat. And I think it's just kind of the nature, um, you know, and I think when, for instance, when you and I, when we're critical or critiquing episodes, it's not, we're, we're doing it from a perspective of fans, right? And so it's not to, you know, dismiss the show or what it is or what it's supposed to be, but it's, it's supposed to be evaluating it through that lens to a certain extent. Anyway, I agree. That's, that's my wind up. My rankings are, well, num- thank you. My, my number one is feral actually. Mm. Uh, it was close with ball. Ball is, ball is ball. Ball um, is two. Ball. I thought that they were, they were neck and neck for me, but feral pulled just ahead. Mm-hmm. And for me, three was the naughty list. Four was mm-hmm. driving, and the Naughty List was mm-hmm. there because I think it was kind of I, the unique way it was shot and as a concept, it was like the critique on you know influencer culture. I thought was was unique, yeah. so that's why I had it at three. Driving was just kind of a fun grindhouse, throw, you know, mm-hmm. like and then Rubber Women one and Rubber Woman one and two at five and six, and Game Over at seven. Now, follow up question for you. If you could reorder these episodes and how <laughs> you would have preferred they be aired, how would you switch it up or would you? Um, I would. I understand why Rubber Woman came first because you wanted to bookend it uh, with Murder House. Um, I, I understand that's probably the intention. Also, you open with Rubber Woman because you have casual fans that are already bought in with a familiar location that has a lot of iconic uh presence and has an iconic presence in the in the american horror story lore so i understand that um i would have not opened with it i would have not well i wouldn't have done it (laughs) i wouldn't have done those episodes probably um i think opening with drive-in would be fun because it's it's got good characters and it's it's a movie theater and it's fun um Kind of like in, in Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez's Grindhouse, they opened with Planet Terror, which is the zombie one. It's like the fun, crazy one that things happen. I like that. I like. I think that's a that's a great like get some seats in the butts to watch it. And then number two, I think I would do Feral because um, it's so strong. And then you get a really good story with a very bleak ending. You're like, oh wow, this they're going all over the place with these stories. This is cool. And then you go to Ball as number three. Uh, and then number four, Naughty List, where it would be like fun. And like, so you kind of like go from like, f- Feral goes dark, Ball is dark, but kind of twisted at the end. And then then we go to Naughty List, which brings up the fun that, that Drive-In kind of had too, where it's like crazy and fun and, and, and whatnot. And then you go to um, uh, Back to the Murder House for a one episode thing, maybe not three-parter. Mm. Or if you had to, then you can make it a two-parter whatever but i think that's the order i would do it in what about you funny enough i also had to start with drive-in i think that's probably because it was the the third episode but like kind of the second episode you know and i think that after we watched that one we were pretty pleased with it and we're like well this is such a yes. different change of tone that would have been great so yep. i think that would have been a good tone setter for the season now i would have followed up that with rubber woman next which is mm-hmm. now we're getting a flashback. You know, we're, we're going back to the murder house with a new story, but we've already kind of shown that like this season is not just going to be all 
old flashbacks to places we've already seen. So it's a little bit of a mix. So we have Rubber Woman mm-hmm. 1 and 2 and next. Then we have The Naughty List. So we kind of bring in uh, just something kind of off the wall and different. Then I have Ball, which is we have like one of the strongest episodes of the season. We bring Billy Lord back as his powerhouse and it's really great. Then I have Game Over. And I the reason I just have Game Over here is because it has to go somewhere. And I didn't want to put it last because I felt like it's a bummer of a note to end the season on, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, yeah. because you know everything we already talked about and then Farrell last because I thought Farrell was an episode I really enjoyed and I thought it would have been you know start with Drive-In and with Farrell is a pretty good beginning end you know really mm-hmm. encapsulates what I think American Horror Stories should be uh, so that's kind of the, I like the order that, yeah. I threw out there who is your season MVP for American Horror Stories um, Manny Cotto <laughs> the writer and director. That's, yeah, oh, that's a gr- what a good one. Yeah, he he did some good work. I mean, uh, um, thank thankfully, uh, I mean his episodes were some of the strongest ones. It's funny the the actual show creators uh, have some of our least favorite episodes of of the season. But I, I think I would say him. Um, uh, I, I I will I will add if we're going to talk about acting. I think um, I it's funny how we treat Billy Lord now compared to when she first kind of came onto the scene and she was fine. She was learning the ropes and a couple years later, she's great. Like I, I, I love seeing her pop up in things, including star Wars. <laughs> um, but again, like this whole cast, Ryan Murphy loves to cast through nepotism, um, which is sometimes works out and sometimes unfortunately doesn't. Um, but I, I, I think if I were going to pick acting, she might be my MVP just cause she carried a, the strongest episode and, and did a fantastic job. What would you say? Or who? Yeah, I was, I, I didn't even think of Manny Cotto, which is a great answer. I think that my MVP, it was a close one between Billy Lord and Cody Fern. And I think that since Farrell oh, was yeah. my favorite episode, I gave it to Cody Fern, even though he had a relatively small role in terms of screen time. He was great. I thought that Another he was person. just, yeah, super charismatic in that role. Loved his, yeah. like everything about, he was, Stan was such a, just like odd duck character but like you actually really liked him i would have loved to have seen more stan so that was something and then of course billy lord was excellent uh who is your best newcomer i have a tie um oh, me too I'm, you know and <laughs> and not because this um the character did some problematic things that just frustrated me but um the actress who played scarlet i think is great she sierra should mccormick. be mm-hmm. sierra mccormick she should be i hope she books a lot more things because she just she was great and really carried that relationship. <laughs> um, and then the other person would be Aaron Tveit. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, who was in two episodes. Farrell, which is your favorite. And he was great in that. Um, but also the co- uh, contractor guy Adam. that uh, in Rubber Woman part. I can't remember if it was one or two. But Adam. Uh, he was hilarious. So he, he played like a funny kind of comical guy. And then he also played like a, a dad. Broken dad desperately trying to find his son and mend a relationship with his ex-wife. So he is great. I hope we see more of him. Yep. Who would you pick? I picked Aaron Teviot too, because I thought that he, as Adam was like such a steen stealer as the contractor in Rubber Woman. (laughs) And then I thought he did an excellent job in Farrell. Enjoyed him there as well. Um, And then I, the other person I picked was Kevin McHale. And I thought that was because in, I thought Naughty List, he brought some real humanity to that episode that like, I think that's the only, I think he's kind of the reason it worked because, you know, we need to have a little bit of a moral compass in that episode to 
I don't know, make it all come together and, and have you a little bit of mixed feelings at the end. Um, I love seeing Danny Trejo too, but there just wasn't enough of him to like have an evaluation on being a newcomer, you know, best newcomer. Agreed. Who is, uh, what, who or what was your biggest disappointment? I mean, I didn't have high expectations, but um, I think all the focus on the Ruby character was not successful. Um, so that did not meet my expectations for the quality of the show that I was hoping to tune into. Um, I can deal with being back at Murder House, but centering it around that person and that relationship was tough. Mm-hmm. What about you? You know, I think that for me, probably the biggest disappointment, Ruby's a good one. I think it would just be the murder house in general. You know, I mm-hmm. think that that is like, mm-hmm. for American Horror Story fans, for many of us, that's like a very sacred setting. And so for those stories to be, you know, what we rank five, six, and seven of the season is kind of a bummer. Yeah. It, you're Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite credit sequence? Mm, Ty. Um, I think drive-in was really great. I love drive-in with all those images of like a desolate theater and all the tools that are used for that. That was, that was really cool. Um, I also really loved Naughty List, um, <laughs> which had all the um, different like TikTok videos. Um, but it also had the vibe sort of as like the 1984 opening sequence, which is probably my favorite one from American Horror Story. Um, so that, that all juxtaposed against each other was fantastic. None of them were bad though. We will both say this. They were all awesome, but those are my two favorite and they're tied. What about you? You know, I was thinking both of those two really stick out in my mind as being fantastic too, but I'm not going to say the exact same ones just for, you know, sheer, (laughs) sheer not. Yeah. I do think that for me, the naughty list was like really kind of the, the creepiest in the sense that it felt the most real. And like you were mm-hmm. watching like, you know, things mm-hmm. on the dark corner of the internet or something like that. So that was gross. Mm-hmm. I also think, you know, I thought the game over video game was, well, maybe not like what a video game should be or whatever. I, I thought it was a fun and unique concept. Uh, yeah. So I, I didn't mind that too. And I really appreciate the effort they put into all of the credit sequences throughout the entire season. So that exhausts my list of questions. Is there anything else you wanted to ask or put forward to kind of put a button on American Horror Story season one? No, I'm glad everyone was who tuned in and has Hulu because <laughs> that's what this was on. Um, I'd like to thank my sister-in-law for letting me use her password uh, so I could watch this. <laughs> uh, it was fun. I'm so glad we got to do this, it, and also we got to hang out twice a week for a couple weeks or for two weeks now. So that's that's been fun too. Yeah, you know, I agree. I'm I'm very much. I'm looking forward to season two. I think that. Mm-hmm. We will be. I think that they're going to get a sense of what episodes really clicked with people, and I think we'll see that translated a lot into season two. And I bet you we get a season where every episode is, you know, something pretty new and novel. There'll probably still be some wink still things, but uh, I, I think that right. you know I'm hoping to see more drive-ins, more naughty lists, more ferals and balls. I think those are all fun. There's so mm-hmm. much more we could do in you know exploring that and exploring kind of the the human flaws that are end up being the real horror in, in people's stories at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Yep. Here, here. Well, that's, that's the end of that. But as we said, we're very lucky to have American horror story double feature again, coming up later this week. So uh, don't fret. There will be more American horror story coming to you soon. Until then, you can share your thoughts and feelings about this season by emailing us at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com or by commenting at thisamericanhorrorstory uh, 
excuse me, at facebook.com slash just American Horror Story. Um, you can also rate us and review us on iTunes, where we sincerely appreciate that. And of course, if you feel so inclined as to buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash T-A-H-S, all capitals, we sincerely appreciate that as well. You know, every little thing to just kind of go towards those server costs and keep the podcast coming along. Chris, where can people find you between now and Double Feature? I will be on Instagram and Twitter at Chris Husted, Chris with a K. How about you, Tyler? You can find me at those places as well. My handle is TJMoss11. Thank you so much for joining us for this season. And until next time, happy hauntings. Happy hauntings.